0: Five, four, three, two,
1: one. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out?
2: The Galactic Dads Podcast. A podcast by Geeky Dads. Talking about all things geek. Dad life. I am the father. And beyond. Language. Right, everybody, I am B and I am back with episode 96 of the Galactic Dads Podcast. Today is a special episode as I am joined by a good friend of the show. It is Lance from Comic Book Keepers Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk about this topic today. I'm actually really excited too. Uh, for those of you who can read the title or the show notes, you know that we're going to be talking about the movie Prey uh, that just came out on Hulu. Uh, but also, not just that, we'll be talking about the Predator franchise as a whole, which sounds like an excellent topic to start the hunt with. Um, but man, like it just feels really good to have another great podcaster on the show with me. I mean, it's not... No, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we've had some good podcasters on the show before, uh, but I really enjoy your show and the, and the work that you guys do. Uh, and after finally meeting you at Comic-Con... It just felt right that we should uh, do a collaboration. So it's great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. And agreed. As soon as we met up, I was like, we definitely need to finally do this crossover. It, yeah. it wasn't, it needed to happen. And it just happened sooner after we were able
2: to hang out. Yes. And, you know, it's weird how that happens. All of a sudden you've got that motivation. You're like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And that uh, happened because, you know, we, we connected over Twitter and then we continue to connect over Twitter. But then we both watched the Prey movie. Uh, after seeing the banners for it kind of all over Comic-Con, and we thought, that was a really good movie. And then, yeah. I, I don't know who tweeted about it first, probably you, uh, because by the time I got around to it, it had been out a few days. And then I was like, no, no, everyone's right. This is really good. Uh, and then we kind of chirped back and forth about it. We're like, you know what, let's do this. Let's collaborate. Yep. It's going be a good time. So it's uh, great to have you on here. And uh, I tell you what, because everyone loves when a a good guest comes on, I'm going to let you kind of start out like however you want. You know, if you want to talk about the trailer and first reactions to it or just dive into the movie, it's it's up to you.
1: Uh, Let's start with the trailer. Yeah, let's do it. Just because it was such like out of nowhere to me, like I didn't even know this movie was coming out. Honestly,
2: it was a bit of a surprise. I agree with you. It was.
1: Cause I love, I love the predator franchise. I love the alien franchise. Even the movies that are not the greatest are still enjoyable to watch. Well, except for maybe one or two of them, which
2: I might be talking I'll, about. I'll go with one. We may skip yeah. the
1: movie entirely. for
2: this Yeah. One, one, okay.
1: one predator movie gets skipped forever, forever in a day. <laughs> but I, like, it's so much fun to just watch movies about aliens and then just having the action. But this movie, the trailer alone, the cinematic shots mm-hmm. totally took it to another level for me. Just the like the wide pan, seeing this amazing like countryside and seeing like the forest and then throwing in the fact that we're getting to see the Predator go up against someone from 1719, which is it, so cool. It's unbelievable. This this movie has set a precedent or or a formula for things they could do in the future with the predator franchise, because and I'm not the first one to say this. plenty of people have said this online. Like, let's see a predator versus a samurai. Let's see a predator versus a pirate drop a predator in any time period. And I'll watch that movie. It I sounds sure incredible.
2: Will. I agree with you. 100%. The samurai one, I think is probably the one that excites me the most. So if uh 20th century is listening or big Disney, uh, let's see that. big daddy disney big daddy disney give me that mickey money and make me another uh i don't know what you would call that one ronin i don't know i don't know a masterless samurai who failed to protect his master from a predator so then he must hunt the hunter like wonderful Uh, i think you just made the entire premise for the film right there you're welcome i'll take my check thank you uh but no that like you're right this this concept to pluck a predator out of now or the future, which is where we're used to seeing the Predator film so far, uh, just was smart. Like, I would have loved to have been in the room when somebody goes, no, no, let's set it in about 1719. And somebody goes, yeah. And then somebody else was probably like, what are you talking about? That's insane. But then the idea comes out, and honestly, I wasn't even really that aware that they were making another Predator movie. Because, you know, movies especially non-superhero movies or Star Wars movies or whatever, kind of get lost in the shuffle. And then with the acquisition of Fox by Disney, I feel like a lot of their movies really kind of got lost. Uh, and, the, you know, so you weren't sure when things are coming out, if they're coming out, or what have you. So to see this just get dropped on Hulu of all places. And then you're right, the the opening cinematic shots, they're wide angles, their beautiful, like, you know, panoramic shots, you feel like a hawk flying over this world. And then you're like diving into it right in there with the main character, the protagonist. And you're just like, what is this movie? Like, is this like a really cool, like Native American film? Like what's going on? And then you get that trademark Predator sound with the three laser dots, like reflecting in their eyeball of all places. You are like, no, 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 this is a Predator movie. And you watch it and it's incredible. Uh, the, the scenes, the way that they weave everything, into the, the trailer itself is good. You see ginor's apex predators, bears, um, you know, there's in the movie, it's not much of a spoiler, but anything that could be a predator gets hunted. So we go from like, you know, rattlesnakes to wolves to, to you know, grizzly bears to people uh, to the different kinds of people who are also hunting like the predator just goes after anything. That's a predator and watching that little bit of a caveat in the trailer. When you realize the prey is now dangerous, I think it was a great kind of different take on this movie. And that's why the trailer shows you that and it really gets you hyped up for the film.
1: Yeah. I could not have been more excited for this movie,
2: which is weird because after the last, the predator, I was no. like, I was like, we're going to get some like power suit wearing predator fighting Iron Man. And I don't know that I'm ready for that. So in, instead of them following that, that I guess plan to just drop it back and get a real good back to grassroots or basic formula to show a predator. And then the the characters in the world, I think that this was the smartest approach they could have taken because this movie is very simple in comparison to every other Prater film, especially when it comes down to the main character and the plot of the film.
1: Oh, 100%. So let's, let's just dive straight into Prey then, right? Let's do it. I think we're already like, we've in water. Now
2: it's time yeah. to just dive in.
1: I, I agree. Can we just start off by saying that the, the main character, so Naru, played by Amber Mid-Thunder, is one of the coolest female protagonists we've gotten from a film in a very long time.
2: Yeah, no, we can say that with great confidence because she is, is somehow incredibly likable and very, you feel safe with her, which is kind of a like if you watch this movie, you'll understand why you say you feel safe with her. And then at some point, you go, no, 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 I'm, she is very dangerous. Very dangerous, which everyone else around her has to find out, unfortunately, firsthand. Um, but you're right. Like, even her name, we should know something cool is coming. Mid-Thunder? Yeah. Like... But she's she's going to be showing up yeah. in a lot of stuff yeah. moving forward. And she's going to be doing some really cool stuff in those films, TV shows, whatever. It It's going to be good. Uh, but in this particular movie, she is very relatable. She somehow... Pulls off a coming of age story for um, a young Comanche woman and also pulls off a serious action role with very much so, with meaningful drama. Right. So, I'm trying, you can't really peg this movie into one pigeonhole because she is such a good actor that you feel this wide scope of emotion with her. And it's not like a super complicated story.
1: Not at all. It, it's, it, it is perfectly executed in its simplicity, but at the same time being like very nuanced. We, we get the story with Naru paralleling the story with this predator. Literally so many elements of this movie show them doing the same thing in slightly different ways. Yeah. but we see them being able to use their ways of healing themselves after an injury with Naru using that specific type of plant that has an element to it that like cools off the blood that becomes very critical later in the film.
2: Very we, important. Yes.
1: The, the thing about this movie that I loved is that every single time I had a question, like how's this going to work out? It is shown in a very natural way instead of having to get somebody to grab the camera, pull it close to their face and explain it to an audience, this movie does not dumb down anything. And it, it takes the idea that, Hey, an audience can be intelligent and just runs with it. So every single time you're like, like, wait, how is this going to be explained? It's explained perfectly. And in a way that lets you like it's something needs to click. Yeah. And when it does, it's perfect.
2: You're absolutely right. I think the way that you phrase that is also perfect because there's this old adage in any type of storytelling, which is always show, don't tell. And a lot of time as an audience, you're not really aware of that. We've gotten pretty used, especially today, to getting everything kind of dictated to us, right? Like exposition is everywhere. We either see it happening on a floating paragraph that scrolls through space at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) Or yeah. you get this overcomplicated storyline with some secondary character with a really booming voice, just kind of telling the protagonist exactly why this is happening, when, where, and where it's going to go. Like in this movie, the story unfolds in every element about the story that you begin to question. Uh, what you brought up the plant that Naru uses uh, that she mentions very casually well, very importantly to her her characters around her, what it does. But if you're not paying attention as an audience member, you kind of miss it. And then you realize immediately why it becomes so important when the hunt begins, for lack of a better term. And this movie is so nuanced that it has all these wonderful callbacks to the different Predator films. There is a scene in this movie where Neru gets kind of trapped and quicksand. And as somebody who's seen the first Predator movie, you go, oh, this is this is how she's going to cover herself in mud and cover her heat signature so she can't be tracked. When really, not at all. But just because we've seen that in the first Predator movie where Dutch covers himself to hide his heat, you assume that's how it's going to work. And doesn't at all. But Neru is in the same angles as Dutch was when he's in that final battle with the Predator. And the same for her with her back up against the stump roots. And she's like in the mud, but somehow like still can't be seen. Like it's this perfect, almost mirroring shot, right? Of the original Predator movie in a climactic scene. So it's really cool to see that, but then see it changed and be like, the mud isn't how she hides herself. She hides herself almost by accident, which is the same way he did, but in a new way that makes sense.
1: Yeah, there's there's so much in this film that are homages to the other films in the franchise without it being so over the top, like hit you on the head. Like someone saying, hey, remember this thing from the third movie in the franchise? Like, it's just it's just there. And there's some things that you had to I had to hear from other people saying, oh, yeah, this part was from here. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't even make that connection. And as someone that has seen all of the movies multiple times, if I'm missing something. Like, it's not overt. It's just something that's well done.
2: Yeah, it's, it's true. You don't have to have seen any of the other Predator movies to enjoy this movie, which is great. Which, you know, is smart on their part because it's a good way to get them to get new fans into the series, right? So it's really cool to see that. But then fans of the movies who have seen the movies and are big fans of the Predator series, are also going to love this movie because of those homages or those callbacks or, you know, all of those different things, which are wonderful. So this movie again is really well done for hardcore fans and new fans alike.
1: Yeah, I, I 100%, if I had to give a recommendation for someone that has never seen a predator film and they were, and they just said like, what movie should I watch? And I know they're not like a big eighties action person. I'm saying Pray. A hundred percent.
2: This is, I think, the best entry point into the franchise.
1: Yeah. And you can absolutely make this if you're if you're showing them to someone, you can make it a chronological viewing experience. And having someone start with Prey, it it one, they're gonna get blown away. And but then you would have to explain like the other films are very different. <laughs>
2: right, right. Yeah, it would be hard to transition somebody from this to any of the other Predator films, just because this one just feels so natural. Whereas the other ones are forced into kind of fictionalized history settings, right? Yeah. Where, Where, I mean, this one itself, you could make the argument that could be like the very beginning of an Assassin's Creed game, but she would have to go to town, which she never does by the way. And, um, which is, I think is great. She stays in the wilderness in the forest for the most part throughout the thick of this movie uh, which is cool to see. But I think it would be hard to get anybody to watch even one of the more recent Predator films after seeing this one. Like this one is just so unique and different, such a different and fresh approach that all of the other Predator films do feel a little kind of forced or like mm-hmm. too much is going on where this one really lives and thrives in the simplicity of this is just a Comanche woman who is trying to be a hunter. She doesn't want to be pegged into just being a gatherer or a nurturer of the tribe. She wants to hunt because she's good at it. And now, all of a sudden, she's brought into a world where not only is she fighting the men in her tribe for the right to hunt, she's now fighting for all of their lives to be able to survive, to even hunt again. Which is just... Well, but that's it. Like, that's the whole plot of the movie. All of that. There's no you and I were laughing as we talked about the other movies, which we'll just uniquely call out each of them as we get to them because (laughs) there's so much going on in all of the other movies that a lot gets lost. But this one's just so fresh because it's just one thing. She just wants to live. And that's a, a great way to be able to really explore the film through her character and her eyes. And it pulls off the sympathy of this character like, you 100% are in her corner from the start, which is really good. Where in all the other movies, you're kind of like, yeah, they could they could take a bullet. Like, I'd be okay with that.
1: Right. There's, there's something about this movie where the other films in the franchise, the ones that we do really enjoy, when we explain to them, we usually describe them as, these are really good action films. Right. Prey is just a good film. That's true it is true i i can i can tell probably from the vast array of different friends that i have i can show this movie to any of them and they will enjoy it for a very different reason because there's so much going on in this film to where if if you have someone in your friend group or someone that you know that like if there's a woman that you know and she hasn't been seeing a lot of representation as far as like being strong and tough and like incredibly intelligent, very intelligent, intelligent. Yeah. This is a movie for them. If you likes, if you have someone that just really is into action films, they can have this action film. If you have someone that is just a big fan of beautiful shots within cinema, they have that too. Yes. Th- there is something for everyone.
2: If you uh, have friends who are just like, I'm sorry, I just can't get into any sci-fi alien movie. They'll be into this movie. And then if you have other friends who are like, I really just need to see some good old fashioned predator violence. There is plenty of that in this movie. And I don't want anybody listening who hasn't seen the film to be like, Oh, this sounds like a boring entry into the movie. It is not. There is plenty of predator action and it happens fast. So you're not waiting around for 30 minutes for Batman to show up. (coughs) Sorry. Um, Like predator shows up, you see him fast and then, well, I mean, you see his blur, right? Because he's still wearing a stealth suit, mm-hmm. uh, even though he's 300 years earlier as well. Uh, which I, I also think was smart. You did get to see kind of um, not D technical, but his base tech, model. Yeah, his like prototypes are yeah. in the works here uh, for a lot of the Predator tech. Even though most of it is still there and is functional, as you see in the later movies. Um, Actually, let's talk about that for a minute, because it is important. This is a Predator movie, and you Mm -hmm. certainly get lots of Predator action. Oh, yeah. But but there were some fun things that I I enjoyed watching and really kind of nitpicking about this Predator, right? Because each Predator you see in all the movies is always a different one. And this one felt really like the big, like the Predator from the Predator film. From the lat, so I guess that's the last one, right? Yeah. Because he seems bigger, he seems mm-hmm. much taller, and he also looks kind of different like the last Predator did. Like his skin tone is darker, like his face, his lower mandible looks just a bit different exactly like the last one. So I think this is still a Predator's Predator, but his helmet is different. It's more of like a skull material, right? Right, that has been enhanced with the tracking systems and stuff, but it's not quite the polished metal that we're used to. Did you you know the name of this type of predator? I do not. I'm not that well versed into the mythology. Also,
1: I in preparation for this podcast, I looked up a few articles that talked about all the different predators that there have been in all the different films. Mm -hmm. And what they're calling this one is the feral predator.
2: You know what? That makes sense. What do they call the last one? The Predator uh, of Predators.
1: Ooh. uh, I forget what they call that one. Because there's the Super Predator, but I thought the Super Predator was the one
2: from, pred- from Predators. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's hard to keep them all straight once you get, like, five, six films in. Right. But a Feral Predator, I kind of like that one because it did feel like mm-hmm. this one tries to communicate at all.
1: No, what, not at all.
2: Like at all, which is really also still cool.
1: Yeah. One, one thing that like really threw me off in the Predator mm. movie that came out was how talkative the Predator was. Because yeah. they they were like, we developed this communication device. And then magically the Predator knows about the communication device and
2: he just starts talking up a storm. and Oh, yeah. He it, does what? I, he gives you all this exposition. <sighs> is exactly what he does talking not showing he 100 percent pulls the classic bond villain here's my entire plan and you can't stop me which uh, no predator would ever do yeah the predator would just kill everything and be like let me take your trophy you're right. yeah you're absolutely right i almost forgot how talkative that the last predator was so this one's even more refreshing the fact that it doesn't say crap it just kills people and it, things and that's all it does it just it hunts Mm -hmm. Prey takes the
1: franchise back to what it does best. And I really liked what you said earlier that it's, it kind of takes away the the heavier sci-fi element, but you get the predator. This Mm. is such like the third act is so heavy into the predator, just because he's going up against different groups of people. And we get to see some of the coolest weapons We've seen from a Predator. There's one where he has like a magnetic like crossbow thing on his arm. Yeah. Which I thought was super cool. He doesn't have his like laser cannon. Right. the The one that we know, not the shoulder cannon. And the uh, tri-light uh, blast he has in his helmet is not, it's like set up as like an auto fire.
2: It like senses a Predator and then shoots rather than him controlling it. Right. Which is also a smart thing because you see how that ends up effectively being used by Neru in the movie. But you, you didn't hit on something that I wanted to talk about too. You're talking about his shoulder cannon and how we're very used to that shooting lasers. Right. In this movie, because I guess the alien tech is not that advanced yet. It's still pretty advanced. Like obviously yeah. we don't have any of these things now, uh, but it shoots almost like magnetic darts or like small like spears in in i guess groups of three that fire away hit the target and then return back to the predator so cool which you're like well that's new but also cool yes and i it's
1: cool also because like you just said those return back to the predator and our main protagonist also develops a primitive weapon that she's able to throw and pull back to herself which she just straight up scorpions some people in this movie yes she
2: does i really you're right Scorpions a great way to do it because there's a few moments where you're just like she's gonna yell get over here and it's gonna you almost feel I was like in, a in the theater because of how good this movie is yeah. i was in my house yeah i agree i watched this on uh 65-inch TV, and I was like, I still feel pretty swept into this. Like, I mm-hmm. could have seen it in the theater. Um, but you're right. And it's it's fun that you you mentioned it already, but the way that um, Neru and the Predator both kind of go through the same things. So they kind of adapt the weapons they have. They advance them. They heal themselves. Um, but watching Neru go from prey, which essentially is what she is, to becoming the predator just by making these small modifications uh, from the world around her. By the way, it's not like she's going to, like, you know, the guns and ammo store or anything like that. She is, you know, forging these weapons out of the environment around her. She made a bow and arrow on the fly. Yeah, while jogging, I'm pretty sure. Like, it was pretty cool. And then she also um, finds a way to tether her tomahawk. From, like, the the tree next to her, she's like, I need some rope. Let me make that real fast. And you're just like, well, you, I guess you're not going to order it off Amazon like I would do. Like, (laughs) she really makes you feel useless if you were stuck in the wild. You're like, yeah, I'm toast. And she's like, oh, my God, I could live out here for my life. You're fine. So when she creates that, the returning tomahawk, which she gets really adept with very fast, by the way. I know they do give it a little bit of time to show her practicing. Mm-hmm. But I need to see her smoke herself in the face with that tomahawk one time, <laughs> just like, just not quite ready for the speed with which she pulls it to return. And just like, it's like, man, I almost lost an ear. You know, like just, it, it would be great. Uh, but that's probably my only real gripe with this movie. She got real good with those tomahawks, yeah. way too fast. But other than that, like she was great.
1: Yeah, I agree. Th- the one critique I had of the film was at times the CGI wasn't as as good as it could be and there was something odd that they did i feel like at one point they cgi'd the face of the predator and they they released video of the practical face of the predator and it looked looked super cool it was amazing so i don't know why they cgi'd over that spot if some if there was like an accident on set and it wasn't functioning properly and so they had to use cgi but the the practical version of that predator is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, they did a really good job in creating a practical um, version of the character. And you know, I think it was Hulu, maybe it was Twentieth Century, uh, that put it out on social media. It, it was like a TikTok or something. But they showed the feral predator in like motion on set. Yeah. And it's just like walking around and they've got the, you know, the actor inside it is, is hitting his marks and doing the growls and stuff like that. And it really does look feral is a great way to, to describe it because that is exactly what it is. It feels very almost animalistic, uh, especially in the way that that actor portrays it with the movements and stuff in the suit, but it's all, it's like animatronics and puppet control and it looks really awesome.
1: So well done. Uh, I, I watched this movie with my wife. So, and, and she is not like the biggest action heavy w- movie watcher. Right, She'll right. enjoy them, but she's not super into it. She loved this movie also, Great. which is Great. telling. Yes. But one thing that she pointed out was throughout the movie, she's trying to kill multiple things. Like she's trying to kill a rabbit, she's trying to get the deer. She doesn't kill anything until the predator at the very end. And she was just, she, she said something where it's like, she's, she's going to not kill anything, but then she's going to kill the predator. And I was like,
2: wow, that is astute. That That is, that's a very astute observation because up until this point, I didn't even make that connection. No. Did she kill a person? Um, I don't remember. I don't think she did.
1: I Thought that something, no, she got the predator to kill a person. that's right, she
2: uses him as bait,
1: yes, that's, she, which re- was also she returns genius. the favor. Mm-hmm. Um. And the one thing that I know a lot of people were not a lot of people, but one gripe that people had was, How are you going to have this character, uh, that is like of this stature, be able to take out a predator? And the truth is, is they show this predator getting rocked the entire yeah. movie, yep. he's. He's bitten by a wolf. He is destroyed by that bear and he's working on healing himself. And then he runs out of his supplies to heal himself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This isn't the most prepared predator. Not at all. Um, He's not tactical. He is all brute. And you, you can see that in a lot of the, well, a lot of the ways that it kills all the things that it does. Including very well armed rifle um, French hunters, I mean they yep. they light this thing up like the Fourth of July uh, to no avail because they're they're cannon fodder characters. Uh, so of course we know they're getting kebobbed. But you're you're absolutely right. This predator does take a lot of battle damage before the climactic battle with our protagonist. And yeah, and she it's not nothing. None of this is easy for her. She, no. she has to use extreme cunning to trap this creature a couple of times and use its tools against it, which she does very effectively. It's why she's probably going to lead her tribe after this, if I'm being honest.
1: Right. The, something that she did that I had to rewind the scene multiple times to understand yeah, okay. was when. Is it the shield?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Go ahead. Please. I, please.
1: So you, you have her engage with the predator to make it so that he basically punches into a tree to have his arm in that spot and then activates the predator shield to cut off the predator's arm.
2: Yes. Yeah. Like
1: I, I, I watched and I was like, wait,
2: how did his arm just get cut off? Cause it's so quick. Yeah. And it's just like, she is a genius. Yeah, she realizes very quickly because she does get to watch this thing in action for a while. Because as soon as this thing decides that she is not a threat, it just does not attack her. So this predator, by the way, has a very strong sense of um, ethics when it hunts. It only hunts the things that are lethal and he sees her as no threat. And then, of course, it's not until she's a threat that it attacks her. So she has a lot of time, unfortunately watching everyone around her die because they're men and they become hunters and potential threats to the predator. So she gets to watch essentially almost everyone she knows and cares about get just brutally eviscerated by this thing. But it also, you're right, gives her the opportunity to see it pull out all of its tools and kind of figure out how to use them against it. And you're right. The scene where it uses its classic like right-handed like shredder dagger for lack of a better way to describe it. It's Wolverine claw, if you will. Once she gets him to swing at her with full force and lodge that blade into a tree. So his right arm is no longer, you know, mobile. That's when she attacks to get him to use his left arm to pop the shield and it's that shield that cuts off his arm that's stuck in the tree. And even, you know, they do that so fast. You're right. It's a very fast scene. So quick. One of the best things about that scene is the predator's reaction to what <laughs> it just did to itself. Yes. It, like, looks down, sees its arm, or lack thereof, which the arm should be there, sees it dripping its very bright incandescent blood, and looks <laughs> at her like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And then, like, obviously, it really quickly turns into, like, you know, rage, which she also uses against it. Um, But, yeah, even the creature itself is like, I can't believe I just did that. You just made me do that. And that's impressive. So it's really cool. Really cool to see how they adapt the prey into a very, very effective uh, hunter.
1: She uses the fact that she's so, like non-threatening Look down on yeah. yeah so so non-threatening and i think she even says it like internal dialogue like during the film that she, she's going to use that against this yes. person yes and it and it's something that she honestly she does it to some of the other members of her tribe earlier because yes, they think she's not she they think she's not going to retaliate when they try to attack her and she starts rocking bodies yes she like does she throws down with like the main dude that's supposed to be like the leader and he needs somebody else to come over and knock her out while yeah. she like, she goes after a group of like three of them and she holds her own. Like she's not just some per she's what, what's that phrase you mean the that damsel people in stress. Yeah. She's not a damsel in distress, but she's also not this character that magically has all of these abilities out of nowhere. They're very well developed.
2: Oh, um
1: is it Mary Sue? Is that what it is?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's used by a bunch of people who uh, It uh can be argued they have a more misogynistic approach. Exactly. Yeah. And that's
1: what I'm that's what I'm trying to say is that's what I as soon as I saw this film, I'm like, it's so well developed. And some people are still going to call her that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And but I mean, she is, again, a very well developed character. She has an incredible like story arc. But she's also not one of those characters that it's not a deus ex machina kind of thing. Right. Like she stands on her own because she builds herself up to what she needs to be. Like she's the ultimate like self-help success story. If this character existed today, she'd have a podcast bigger than Joe Rogan. You know, like she just, (laughs) she probably wouldn't waste time on a podcast. She'd probably be solving wars single-handedly or something because she's (laughs) just that skilled. Um, But she, she, yeah, that's a, a really good thing to hit on in this movie. Naru becomes the person she needs. Right. She realizes that nobody's going to be able to help her. So she has to be the one to do this. And, I mean, it's it's horrible because she has this great, incredibly good relationship with her brother. And then we know how that ends up for him, which really sucks because you kind of also love his character.
1: Oh, he's amazing. And he, so I, I I pulled this up. So it's Dakota Beavers is the actor and he played Tabe.
2: Tabe. That's and
1: it. and he, he's such a well-rounded character, too. He is. And that final scene, he, he's like doing as much as he can to damage the Predator yes. as much as possible for his
2: sister. And he does really well. He rocks the predator. He He does some cool combos. He does like and he does it like on horseback at first and then gets down the ground and is like hand to hand fighting this thing. And you're just like, dude, that's I'm impressed. Like I know you're about to die, and so do you. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm still really impressed.
1: He's shooting arrows, running up, attacking it with a weapon, and then grabbing the arrow out of the predator to then shoot it again. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's impressive stuff. You're right. The aggressiveness and the, like, almost brutality of their to oh, hand yeah. combat almost matches that of the Predator. But then their ingenuity in continuing that pace is also really smart, too.
1: This was some of the best choreography I think we've had in any of the Predator films.
2: Definitely fight choreography. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm trying I- to... Trying to think about the Predator did pretty good with some fight choreography. Um up until it became clear that the apex predator was there. Nobody was fighting that. So it right. was a long range. Predators had a few cool scenes, but you're right. I don't I mean, you probably have to go all the way back to the first Predator where you see Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch fighting this thing. And I think that was probably the best up until this movie. And this movie like yeah that's really cool that's yeah it it was really cool um what was her brother's name again uh Tabe. Tabe. that's right such a great name too how do i keep forgetting it but like yeah he really like he shows why he was like the leader of the hunting party for this tribe because he really i mean he was the one who was fighting mountain lions and bringing them back right yeah and which by the way is no small task I mean that kind of gets lost on the fact that they're fighting this predator. But I mean the fact that he's able to kill probably the apex predator on the North American continent and come back like, "Oh yeah, I had to carry you home passed out, then go back out to kill this thing and then I brought that back too." You're like, "Oh, wow, he he really is pretty cool." And then you get to see him fight and you're like, "Oh yeah, there's no question. Like this guy is absolutely lethal." So it's really cool to see him do that even though he knows it's the end of the line for him.
1: Yeah. There's the, I forget how they phrases it. Um, like there's no going further. Yeah. Like, you, there, um, there's
2: he tells her in the beginning of the movie, the thing you're hunting, you have to tell it, you will go no further. Right. And then when he tells her, he's not going any further. Like it's again, a great, it's, it's this great scene. It's very poignant because, it connects something important from earlier in the movie to here. And now where you, again, you see the root like growing, like she accepts this because she has to, but then you see her grow from this. And you're just like, wow, that's happening really fast because she only has a second, like a split second to mourn before she has to go to work. And that's, again, I'm trying to figure out how to kill this thing. And, and that's kind of
1: like th- that emotional element that you mm-hmm. get from this film. I love movies that can like draw those feelings out of me, which I don't think I have gotten from a predator movie very much. Like I've, I've, I've been entertained. I've been invested, but I've never been like, Oh my gosh, this is heartbreaking. And at the same moment, so incredible to observe.
2: Absolutely. And it's actually, it's funny when you say that like you've been entertained in every previous predator film, like you just are. it's a predator movie you're like cool but in preparation for the show i rewatched uh actually just a little bit earlier the first predator and then subsequently predator 2 as well uh but you're right in the first predator movie you're really just busy taking in what this thing can do right And, and seeing like all these like green berets hanging from a tree skinned right is like it's a spectacle and you're like dang what is this thing by the time you reach this movie, it's very well established what a predator can do. So now there's time to explore like this emotional aspect to it, which I, again, like we keep talking about, but is just so well done. Like you yeah. end up caring about this character really fast. And you really care for this character, which is so cool. And her you dog. Know? Dude, I, I was telling myself all throughout the movie if this dog dies. <laughs> You're gonna jump into the movie and kill the predator. I will riot. I will riot. Like, what's the what's the adage? If this character dies, we will riot. Um, It's from The Walking Dead. If Daryl dies, we riot. That's it. So I was like, if this dog dies, we riot. Like, I'm making a phone call to 20th Century. I don't know who I'm gonna talk to, but somebody's gonna get it, right? But that also brings up a really good point. Um, The dog in this movie is very like he's almost constant until he's not. And then you're like, why am I not seeing the dog in this scene? Right. And it's that final yeah. battle. Uh-huh. And, and I think that might be the only thing I'm not immediately clear on what happens because then you see the dog again. And he was just kind of like, "Um, I was here like probably
1: because they, the writers probably knew that if the dog was there, it needed, it was going to be killed and yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't want the dog to die. Yeah. Dog like, has to d- live. We don't need a fridging of a dog to motivate this character. That's already like, we're already seeing her brother die. We don't need this Enough double people die. Yeah. Decker horror going on. Like it's just way too over the top. If you were to do both of them, one or the other, you can't do both.
2: You can't do both. And if it, if it had to be that way, I, I guess I would take the brother over the dog. I mean, it's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cause he has a, an
2: amazing a final really good stand. Yeah, the dog didn't even get to give a speech. It just kind of got to be there and be smart. So right. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Apparently, this dog was a rescue. For, for the film? Yeah. Good for him. That's a really good, by the way, this is going to sound so stupid, but it's true. That is a really good actor dog. Like, that dog I agree. was really, like, you're like, dude, this, I could, I could hang out with this dog. And it's not like Spuds McKenzie or anything, but you're like, well, look at this smart, adorable animal. He's going to help save her. And even on scenes where you know, like, in reality, if you're watching this movie, you know the bear is not actually chasing her. Right. Right. But in that scene, the dog almost looks like the bear is there. Like, how they film that with the dog looking back and running from this thing is incredibly well done. Which, you know, credit to the dog for being a good actor. Like, I'm sure they had something there chasing, right? So, the dog's reacting to what's actually there. But they do it well. Do it very well that you're like, man, this dog is, he should get a Oscar. Sorry, <laughs> terrible pun. I couldn't help it. It's a dad podcast. You, you got to throw a few right. of them in there. That's the Oscar for the canine world. I think the dog just saw everyone else's performance. And was like, I got to step up my yeah, game. Yeah, I really got to put my best paw forward here. These guys are, she's acting circles around me. I've got to do something. <laughs> so, but yeah, so if you guys listening, you, if you haven't picked up on this yet, you should really watch Prey. And yes. if you have seen pray and you agree with us, are there stuff that you're just like yelling right now that we're not covering, you know, like great stuff. Tell us about it. Send us an email and we would love to just maybe, you know, well, I'll respond to you. I will. I love interacting back. Yeah. I lo- it's so much fun when
1: people reach out just cause then, you know, they actually listen to your stuff. Oh yeah. Always, always makes you feel good.
2: It's like super cool. Oh, you guys actually listen. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's talk about it. What do you, what do you what's your <laughs> favorite? Um, But we did promise that we were talking more than just about prey. So let's make good on that promise. Let's jump into the first predator. Yes. And here's the thing I want to say after rewatching, especially the first and second predator, is that we mentioned it. One of the things that made prey so good was how simple it is. There's really nothing else going on besides this woman just trying to live her life. Dude, in the first predator, it's like one, it's so 80s oh so 80s. 80s do you know that there are people alive today who see the meme of carl weathers and arnold schwarzenegger locking arms with those ginormous biceps yep and they have no idea that that's from the movie predator that makes me sad you know what i had forgotten it was from predator until i watched it again i was like holy <laughs> crap i knew i knew this yeah it's just two beefcakes of a man showing off like incredible biceps and you're like what's going on here but anyway that shot lingers too long it does like what an awkward pause that is it's it's like the top gun effect there's a lot of like ab having shirtless sweaty men kind of hanging out together a lot and you're like what was going on here like what were they trying to tell us before they could tell us uh in 2022 i think we're all aware uh there's some undertones and it's it's fine do whatever but you're right that that kind of lingers a while in some of those movies like, don't get me wrong. I love using that GIF for a million different oh, it's things. It's incredible. Yeah. The meme it's wonderful. People agreeing on all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's perfect for fandom agreements. Yes. Type memes. It really is. Right. I, so I rewatched
1: every move, every Predator movie except for AVP and AVP Requiem because I've seen AVP a million times. It was one DVD that I had amongst like six growing up. So I, I, Re- have seen that way too many times, and AVB two th- so ev- is the it's worst so thing ever. Is the worst thing ever made. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. But like re-watching all these films because I have an order of which how I rank these. No, go for it. Go for pred- it. You, you want me to go through all of them? No, we so, should, we should actually save the rankings for the save, end. Save it for the end. I agree. Yeah. But the Predator. Or, sorry, Predator. The, mm-hmm. the first film from 1987, the original. F- honestly, for me, and I don't know if we talked about it or if or if I talked about this with someone else, but it's probably you. That the third act is honestly what saves this film for me. Yes. Uh, Cause like there, there's so many things that happen that I was like, why? why is this going on like the cg it's it's the 80s it's late 80s the cgi mm-hmm. is gonna suck like let's uh, just yep. get that out of the way the cgi yes. is not good it, I'm, it was amazing the time it came out i'm sure but we live in a time where kids on youtube are making better cgi and that's just true like they're yeah, it making is. it better
2: and they do it on their iphone
1: right yeah and and like there's one scene where one of the members of their team sees like the shadow or or sees like the glimmer of the predator and Mm. begins to just unload bullets into this forest. And then without a word to anyone else, the rest of the team comes and just starts mowing down the entire area.
2: So we we talked about that scene yes, and why that scene is one so absurd, but two also so cool. (laughs) Because in you're you're right. The I think what they're going for in this that particular scene is just how tight a unit these these you know badass commandos are. That they'll just no questions asked. If you're firing, we're firing too, and we're just unloading everything we've brought, which is enough firepower to successfully defend Ukraine right now. And it's so much like there's a minigun with chain bullets. There's grenade launchers and like everything um there's like two submachine guns a regular machine gun and then like it's it's unreal the kind of stuff these guys are carrying but the scene where they mow down this whole section of the rainforest and i do mean mow it down if you watch this movie now this is before you talked about before cgi could do this because if this movie was made today they would just like do some huge massive explosion right and that just enveloped half the jungle right and it would be we're a we're talking,
1: tro- we're talking tropic thunder yeah.
2: level destruction. <laughs> right? <laughs> Danny McBride's in the trees waiting to detonate. <laughs> like he's ready to go here. But so in 1987, they don't have that luxury. So they resort to practical effects. Mm-hmm. Somewhere there were a bunch of trees. And after they film this scene, the, it's like a valley. Like they honestly mow down a giant chuck. Of, it looks like rainforest where they actually filmed it i have no idea but somewhere the vegetation was gone for at least 10 years before it regrew because they actually mowed this down so in the movie it looks really cool because you're like wow these guys are really like of course it's dead whatever they're shooting at has to be dead but in reality if you're watching this you're like what are they doing <laughs> yeah What's, what just happened to this tree and it's such overkill And it's, and that's the most eighties thing about it is the overkill on everything. The overacting, the, the overshooting, the overkilling, like, it's just so. The campiness. Yes. I mean, I was watching it today and I forgot that Dutch has like these like taglines. Right. Like he throws a knife and then sticks a guy to a tree and he's like, stick around. And I was like, shut up. No, you didn't. (laughs) That is so bad. And Like he does it like four more times, and you're just like, What is that? It just translates to him as Mr. Freeze. Yeah, chill. Yeah, you're (laughs) having a nice day. And then, uh, yeah, uh, what I was getting at earlier is just how much is going on in this movie, right? So apparently, the CIA wants these guys in, and it's it's supposed to be a hostage rescue situation. But it really turns out it's more of like an Iran Contra affair that was very prominent in the headlines during the late 70s and 80s uh, to where the American government was supplying some people, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Uh, And you kind of almost lose that in between the first and second act. You're like, what is is this a political, like espionage? What is this? And then you're right. The third act hits. You're like, oh yeah, this is a creature feature and it's really cool. As soon as Dutch goes like old school with it, that's where that movie gets saved.
1: Yeah from from then I'm from then on I'm invested and yes. it, it was really cool seeing him prep all the traps was awesome just going head to head Arnold Schwarzenegger versus a predator yes please and thank you yes please
2: in fact it's a shame all those like really buffed up dudes had to die to get us to that point but uh, right sorry worth it because you're right that third act really is where that movie shines
1: hundred percent and I, I honestly don't think I have anything else to say about the first Predator unless you do
2: no i i don't besides the fact that it's just so 80s yes it, very it's so 80s that some of the jokes a little problematic nowadays you're you're absolutely right one of the things caught me off guard uh and it was just in reference to chewing tobacco and i was like wow that yeah that joke does not come out today uh nope. and if it if it does it's a very different type of movie right yeah
1: so so that leads us to predator 2 oh god uh, and and i'm saying this right off the bat If Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger had trouble with a predator, ain't no way that Danny Glover and Gary Busey are taking out a predator. I'm sorry. We had such a step down
2: in caliber of of people versus a predator in the second film. And let's be honest, Predator 2 is way after Lethal Weapon. We already know that... uh... You know, Murtal's too old for this shit. Before the movie even starts, and then you're yeah. like, he's he's gonna go toe to toe with a pre. Okay, uh, you know what? I'll suspend disbelief. Let's go. Yeah, like I like Apollo Creed and Turbo
1: Man aren't aren't taking out this thing, but then we're getting these dudes like Angels in the Outfield and whatever <laughs> other movie. What is it? Undersea of the Year, like something from stuff. Gary Busey yeah. did like oh my gosh and apparently in the news like gary Busey is he's a different kind of predator now because there's some
2: shady stuff going on there of course of course like uh, you're right in this movie this movie is also so if the first movie is a product of the 80s predator 2 is also a product of the early 90s in like all of the worst ways right so their immediate depiction of la in 1997 uh, which is when this movie set, not when it came out. But they assumed like five years later in real time that LA would just be this ravaged hellhole of nonstop gang warfare, right? The, the, and, and Coke would just be coming everywhere like rain. <laughs> like it was like there's just cocaine everywhere and gang warfare. And that's the backdrop they choose to use for the next Predator entry. And you're just kind yeah. of like, really? Rival Colombian drug lords warring with Jamaican drug lords are like that's what we're getting here. Like horribly stereotypical individuals. The worst, the worst. And if you happen to be a Hispanic person in this movie, it's not doing you much better either. Like no. This movie is everyone's a stereotype of the ethnicity the actor is. It's incredible. And like, the white people don't look good either. I mean, we said Gary Busey, that's enough. Right. right. So yeah, Yeah. it's just, it's, it's It's, a terrible, it's a terrible product of its time. But once you ignore all that, the overstuffed plot, the everything, and they get down to just predator versus moments, you actually do end up with one of the cooler predator scenes in the series. And it's kind of like they took, Hey, this worked in Terminator. Let's do it in predator too. So they take this great concept of a hunter coming to the urban jungle which right. on paper that sounds good. I remember yeah, it seeing does. it on the poster as a kid and I was like no that's cool. Like let's let's see what he does in the urban jungle. And then uh yeah it, it goes pretty it goes south pretty fast though.
1: Yeah, it's so cheesy, so horribly written and I'm so confused of what like Gary Busey's team was supposed to be trying to do like <laughs> At one point, You're right. Donald Glover is driving to the place where the team is and the predator is, and then the team rams Danny Glover's car
0: mm-hmm.
2: to
1: then just bring him into their like.
2: Yeah, it you really. They,
1: what? What is happening in this film?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure who wrote that script. But I believe cocaine was involved. Um, again, very early 90s, it. very early 90s, Scarface level of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Say hello to my snorting friend. Uh, you mean the writer? Oh, my God. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, uh, so it's that film. It's that. It's that. There is um, one of the tools, I believe, that you see in Predator 2. It's almost like a slap bracelet kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, is important because if you have a keen eye for the Predator franchise, you see the Predator in Prey use that tool. And yeah. it's very cool. It's actually awesome. the in prey they use it much better. Um, yes, because I, I think in the first in Predator two it actually is a slap bracelet. I'm I'm, I'm almost certain 100 they sprayed it with like foil paint, and like I think it's a slap because they were very popular at the time. Uh, yeah, but to see that make a callback like that was cool, right? That was very cool. Oh, think- very cool. And and the other callback from
1: Predator two from Prey is going to be the gun that is given to that's uh, right to naru which is the gun that the predators give to danny glover at the
2: end of predator 2 because he survived and he killed a predator so they respected him and he got a very old musket style pistol yeah which it is cool you're right that is a really cool callback because you see it connects the films in a meaningful way Mm -hmm. and if and if you're confused like wait
1: I thought that Naru won the end of that. Why would they have the gun? And it's be- if you watch prey, there's during the end credits, there's like an animation of the ships coming back to the tribe. So there's clearly another interaction that the tribe has with the predators. Yes,
2: it's probably like. Wouldn't it be cool if they gave them some cool tools or something? I don't know. I. I, don't know. I they set up a sequel. They, they did. need to. It deserves I, it.
1: I would love to see how that moved forward.
2: Yeah, that would be great.
1: Yeah. Um, so speaking of moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go yes. ahead, please. Okay. So Predator 2 was was such an atrocity of the time. and And I know there's people out there that like it good for you. I'm I'm happy when anyone likes any content. If it's made, enjoy it. I love it. This movie was not for me. And it was so bad that it took 14 years
2: for us to get anything Predator related again. That is true. It it killed the franchise for a hot minute. But It did did do one thing. In the end of Predator 2, well, it did a lot of things. But in the end of Predator 2, you see the xenomorph skull. Yes. Right. Kind yes, of like cool. they're almost thrown room. So that was the very beginning of the seeds of 20th Century Fox being like, eh, maybe, maybe we'll yeah, do this thing. And maybe we're like,
1: going to do this thing. Like, 14 so, years later, 14 years later in 2004, we get Alien versus Predator. And I know this movie's dumb. I know it's stupid. It, it the is. plot makes no sense. It It, whatever. It's so much fun. This is a fun, dumb movie. This is a movie made for fans. Like specifically, that's it. Yeah, you you don't make a versus movie of like these things. Trying to make the most nuanced film, you want to see the two big bads go up against each other. We're talking Freddy versus Jason. We're talking about King Kong versus Godzilla. Like, still good. Like the movie did not
2: deserve to be that good, and it was. But anyway, it was fun.
1: That movie was very fun. That movie was cool. Yeah, yeah. And I love Freddy versus Jason, but like. We're not trying to go for high caliber cinema. We're not trying to go for an Oscar, right? You just want to see the two creatures go at it. Let's be real. That's what you're here for. The downside of AVP was that it wasn't rated R. That's where it fell short. Because imagine if we could have seen the full on level of destruction that both of these creatures could do alongside human beings. Like it would have been phenomenal. If we had gotten this movie, same exact premise, but if they could go further with it.
2: Like hard R too. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. all the kills that were happening in this movie were either off screen or we started to see them and then it panned away, which was like you knew what was happening, but it it drew back from like the like the brutality of the film overall.
2: And that and how are you going to give me scenes with aliens with chest bursters, face huggers, acid bleeding kind of stuff? You're right. I need to see that on screen. Like I didn't watch all yeah. these aliens movies, not to see that action with a predator involved. Like it needs to be visceral. I need right. to almost feel the spatter. Let's go. And who was
1: in charge of making that decision? Like this hard, R predator franchise, hard, yeah. R alien franchise. We're going to PG 13 crossover.
2: Yeah. What? We want more teens to come to this movie too. We want to make more money off it. I'm you make it hard R. I mean, teens are still, still showing that up. Money. Yeah. like I, I, I watched gladiator when, yeah, that was like R. I was we, a kid. I wasn't supposed to be in that theater, but it was good. Yeah, like production
1: companies need to realize that like kids are being brought to these hard R movies, Deadpool, Deadpool 2. You know how many kids like 10 year olds and younger were at those showings? If, uh, yeah. you, had, if you had made a, a hard R Alien vs. Predator movie and you have a single father with a young child at home, guess what? That dad it, is bringing with the us. kid to the That's movie. Right.
2: You know, what like, you, you talk about movies that are not made for kids, that kids show up to anyway. Do you remember the animated? Sorry, this is so off topic. But do you remember that yeah. animated movie, uh, Sausage Party? Yes. That's oh, that, my gosh. Yeah. The anamorphic like grocery store items. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that movie is unbelievably not for kids, even though it no. looks like a Veggie Tales movie. It <sighs> is so not for children. I mean. Grocery store items have orgies in this movie, and they're explicit somehow. Yeah, somehow they make. I was I was shocked. hard to watch. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's shocking, but I remember being in the theater. I watched that movie, and some lady was there with like her like maybe eight year old kids, Yikes. and I was like, "Ma'am, I think you missed some of the important marketing on this because there's no way you're saying yeah they got up and left." Yeah, it's like, and somehow that made it funnier to me. Oh, for I mean, sure. But like, yeah, so people will bring their kids to these movies. So make it our is what we're saying. Exactly. We want to see, see it. Come on. Exactly. But like
1: the designs of the predator and the alien in this movie. Very cool. The set pieces. Very cool. The very setting. Cool. Awesome. We're in like a snow landscape deep in the tunnel. We get to see these mixture of various uh um, structures that were built. So you learn about how. The predators came and talked to these ancient civilizations about how to build certain things. You get an explanation
2: for the, for the pyramids. Yeah. You're like, Oh no, that's really cool. Yeah. You're right though. In that movie, they did do something really cool where they're like the predators. And by the way, this is the first time you get a look at predators kind of like stocking their own pond to fish, right? They, They bring the things to hunt, which you see later again in the film predators where People are brought to the predator planet or wherever hunting plant that is. But this is the first time you see it when they bring the eggs and the facehuggers and they bring them to a planet to then put on people who worship these predators because apparently they saw them how to build the pyramids and such. And it was an honor to take part in this. And I'm like, no, no, no. They obviously don't show you what happens because everybody's <laughs> be like, no, that honor ain't for me. No, thank you. Like, hard pass. Yeah, these people willingly like dip their face in a face hugger egg and yeah, it just goes bad. Um, but then the predators are then able to hunt for whatever hunting expedition. This, is. I guess it's their weekend away from the wife and kids. Let's go hunt Xenomorphs or however they're doing this. We're um, you're, you're right. It's like somehow takes place in Antarctica before yeah. Pangea broke up. Right. So the predators have been coming here a lot. Uh and then <laughs> they just bring aliens, but they make sure all the aliens die so the aliens don't take over Earth. Yeah. Right. Because that's the big thing at the end. They have to kill the queen before the queen gets out. And the predator's exactly. like, hey, you want to help? Like, we're recruiting for this. Like, you, you want to be my friend? But <laughs> it's kind of cool. Like, it's, it's not bad. AVP uh, I, was definitely all spectacle, but was surprisingly kind of well done for what yeah. it was. Yeah, and
1: uh, apparently in the books for Predator, there is a human being that like earns the respect of the Predators and then travels with them hunting. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. So uh, isn't I, that one of the Dark Horse comics? I, th- I, th- I think there's
1: actual like, I don't know if it's in the comic, uh, but like I remember hearing someone novels? say like, yeah, That's in cool. one of the books there, they talk about this human that travels with the Predators. I don't know nearly Craven. as much about it. It's this Craven the Hunter. It's, oh gosh, he's from Marvel, it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's but he, villain. But he doesn't hunt animals, he respects them. Oh my
2: god, no. I just, Do you hear? just stop. Just Goodness, stop, Sony. Sony. Just stop it. Anyway, before we, I I don't have the strength tonight <laughs> to deal with that. Let's just move on. Yeah. What let's talk about the one Easter egg at the end of AVP that got mm-hmm. fans clamoring. And by the way, this right. is pre like hardcore internet. Right? Yeah. Like it's 2004 like you have to wait for the trailer to spool on quick time right yeah. before you can even watch it. So, this movie was not spoiled for anybody, but at the very end of that movie, there's a predator xenomorph hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. And that I was like stoked for that. That. Was, that was, yeah. I was, how old was I? I was 18, I think. And I saw that and I was yeah. like, yeah. Like, I lost my mind. Uh-huh. to see. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty hopped up on Mountain Dew. I brought a two liter with me into the theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I was that kind of kid. But anyway, like I watched that and I was like, this is huge, this is so huge. Uh, and then all that promise and what happened with it.
1: It it turned into the greatest abomination the world has ever seen. It was Dear awful. So goodness, bad. is this movie horrible? I didn't care about a single human being in this movie. I wanted sure. the Predator yeah. to win. You want the I, whole town to
2: burn, you really I want, do, and uh, thank god it does.
1: Yeah. yeah, they like nuke everything, and I'm glad they do it because. Dear, good like the visuals the design of this how did they? what do they even call it the predalien, predalien. The z- the predalien.
2: predalien. oh mm-hmm. gosh and Yeah, um, it's that bad they're like you know what we're gosh. not gonna try with that one just yeah go with that go with that it's so brutal but i could have cared less
1: about anyone in this film i i the writing horrendous the pacing one of the worst i've ever seen in any movie I, I like to find the good in movies. I couldn't find anything good about this movie aside from the character design of the Predalien. And that's I don't even like the name of it.
2: Right? Yeah. I think the best part about this movie is that it was over. Um, and that's harsh. Like, I typically like everything yeah. for whatever <laughs> reason.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Except for, you know what? There's one other movie that this movie had like such zero rewatchability that like i couldn't even go back to nitpick uh, which is probably good because who knows what i would have come up with um so let's just real quick go with avp requiem is so bad it squashes one of the best concepts to come out of early 2000s films and that's an alien predator hybrid and they completely waste it it's 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 just so bad
1: it makes me sad because I was so excited. I have never gone from like, yes, I'm so excited for this film to dear
2: goodness. This is horrendous. We didn't know what we were asking for, but it wasn't this. No. So let's just let's just move on and say all yeah. that all that the second AVP does is completely dash any hopes of goodness that you had hoping for it. Yeah.
1: And uh, OK, yeah, let's get this horrible taste out of our mouth with this movie and jump to something that was refreshing and interesting and i had a ton of fun with it and that's predators which came out in 2010
2: yeah yeah and that predators feels like a movie that was made for netflix i agree that that. was a thing yes i very much agree with that and it had some really good actors in it like adrian brody Mm -hmm. somehow is just i don't know who got this man in shape for this movie but they did a really good job because he looks carved out of marble. Yeah. In this movie, he even looks really cool when he's completely covered in mud because Mm -hmm. they use that tactic from the first predator to hide from the thermal vision. Uh and actually they make that's a really cool scene because Adrian Brody is kind of like running in and out of the frame. Yeah. Like physically attacking a predator uh that apparently can't hear or smell him. Um because (laughs) I don't like I don't know how the other senses on a predator works, but um, they're really dependent upon this like heat vision, heat vision. Yeah. Uh As soon as that goes away, it's like, you know, they might as well be blindfolded with earmuffs out there. I don't know what happens. Right. For for the longest time, I always
1: thought the Predators only had this was when I was way younger. I thought the Predators only had heat vision when they wore the mask and when they took it off, they had regular vision. But yeah, they just have heat. They just have thermal vision. Or infrared, is it infrared vision or thermal vision? Like what do we call it?
2: It's definitely thermal. Okay. Uh, Honestly, it's let's talk about that for a minute because what kind of creatures do we know that see things with thermal like snakes and snakes, right? Yeah. Snakes. But snakes can see, it's like they have like those small recessed pits on like their Mm. snout, I guess. Yeah. And that's how they detect heat stuff. So why predators even have eyes then is beyond me well so so something uh, so
1: I guess we'll kind of get to it but I'll probably forget if we wait this long in the the predator the whole premise is is that they're trying to create this ultimate predator so they keep injecting different like DNA into it and then it Mm -hmm. adapts why didn't they just take something that had good eyesight like an eagle right and inject that into them because like can't eat like eagles have crazy vision crazy
2: good yeah yeah so
1: I feel like that is I mean they pick up field lines like
2: 100 feet in the air like yeah that, that's pretty good vision um, yeah. you're right you're right but Predator yeah. uh, predators also uh, surprises you with something else and it's all the like, kind of good actors mm-hmm. stuffed into that movie like Lawrence Fishburne
1: yeah Mahershala Ali
2: yeah oh my god he's great I'd almost forgotten he's in that movie. Mm-hmm.
1: And and I'll even say, like, Topher Grace, not like I love that 70s show. He's mm-hmm. great in that. Eric, Eric Foreman's a Eric treasurer. Foreman. Right. Was wasn't a fan of his Eddie Brock whatsoever because I'm a huge fan of Venom. And oh bad. But we, we don't have time he, for that. I'm sorry. Right. You're right. But but his character
2: in Predators is so interesting. And then the twist at the end. The twist there. That one's good. Yeah, because you're right. The whole time you're like. Why is this dude even there? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're like, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see it. Like, uh, we're, not, we're not staying spoiler free, right? We can say it. No, no. I mean, d- my God, we spoiled yeah. the hell out of prey. Oh, yeah. If you haven't Se- seen predators yet, come on. <laughs> so he turns into
1: a serial killer. Oh, yes. Which, which explains why he knows about these neurotoxins. And yeah. he's carrying around a scalpel that like, because he's like, I'm a doctor. But yeah, then like, so the scalpel. Borkian yeah exactly so the scalpel has entirely
2: different meaning later on in the film yes and he yeah and you can, you're right his type of pred- predation i guess is so unique and specific like you finally tell that like he's not really like everybody else kind of like a soldier kind mm-hmm. of like style background no he's like the creepy guy they make documentaries about Right. And and
1: that's the thing is he he's able to get people that are stronger than him to protect him because he's charismatic. He is. Yeah. He which is. is what a lot of serial killers are known for. They're known to be to like get along with people to like get in close with them and then take them out. But then no one suspects them because right. they're just this really nice person.
2: Are you kidding me? He could have never done that. Yeah. He did that with like a crawl space full of victims. But so you're right. So that's a really good point because that means that predators does something new and that it shows you a different type of predator and makes you kind of think not much. You don't have to think much because they no. do a tougher Grace's character does a whole lot of exposition really fast. Um, when, the, when the one girl falls victim to him briefly uh, and then yeah. he gets taken out pretty quick and she lives. Um, but yeah, like suddenly you're like, Oh yeah. There's more than one type of killer out there, and it's it's almost refreshing to see it.
0: Yeah, which also
1: which also makes you realize how closely predators are watching
2: mankind. That's the cool part because they're like, wow, or like, are they going to go after like people who do Ponzi schemes ever? Because that's predatory lending. You know what I'm saying? Like, how hard are you looking (laughs) to hunt something? (laughs) But anyway. Predators does some really cool stuff. Um, they have a lot of great actors. Story's pretty good because it's yeah. the first time you're off world, right? You're no longer yeah. on earth. You're on which whatever to- planet this is,
1: which totally takes you off guard because mm-hmm. the start of this film, they're all falling out of the sky. Unbelievably cool way to start the film. Yeah. And then you have, you, you quickly realize that these other people are definitely like mercenaries and the top notch of what they do. But then as they're kind of traversing what they just think is this forest and they're all talking like, where do we think we are? Well, this is vegetation's a little bit different than I'm used to in this area, but it's kind of like this. And then they get over this ridge and they see like 14 planets that, that are super close to this world. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's not
2: supposed to be right. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: So, and that as like an audience member, as someone watching this movie for the first time I was like, holy crap, predators just abducted people and threw them on a random planet. So that what, they could hunt them.
2: That's makes, so cool. That makes sense, right? Because like, you're like, okay, that's really cool. But then you're like, we've seen predators take things to hunt to other places before from AVP. And then now you see it with people and you're like, okay, this, I'm on board. Like, yeah. I'm ready for this.
1: One thing that I, I think I just started realizing right now was that. So the predators abduct these people, drop them into this world and immediately they uh, one of them like starts trying to fire at one of the others cuz they're confused they don't know who brought them there right and now i'm realizing like were the predators trying to bring all these people together for them to have like a battle royale and then the predator was going to hunt the one that stood the out the strongest
2: best probably either way it works out for a predator because you're either hunting these creatures that you know are pretty strong predators otherwise why take them or two, right. you get to hunt the strongest of those predators, which is even better. So either way, they're winning.
1: Yeah. And the something that this film introduces is the idea of these different like levels of predators. Yeah. So you have the the normal style predator that's kind of like chained up mm-hmm. in in this encampment. And then this other one that's way bigger comes into frame. And they have like a, they have like a way darker face, right? Yes. Yeah. So like, their just scheme is very different. The face is a little bit different and you're like, oh crap. Like we've always just considered like predators to be this, like one tribe, like this one group. And it's clearly not that at all.
2: Yeah. They, uh, apparently are very much like humans and kind of the different, like, you know, humans all look different. Depending on what part of the globe you're from, so I guess it makes sense to say, predators might be the same. Yeah, I mean, either, they're not real, obviously, but if they were, you know, I'm sure they'd probably be a lot different ones with different heights and and mm-hmm. different distinct features and stuff that would set them apart. Which is still really cool, though. Agreed. Like, I like that they took the time to think about these creatures and being like yeah they probably don't all look the same or nor should they and then right. of course you see xenomorphs you're like no they can all look the same they're like cockroaches yeah. i don't care about them
1: unless they unless they get thrown into a dog or like I mean, or if they do right. like other things or the like, mammal
2: the mammal alien god let's not talk about it like it's yeah too
1: it's yeah it was something cool that i saw just the other day i i have to say this though is somebody uh i online i saw they have these toys that were made and one is a predacong and a xenozilla so predator King kong hybrid against a a xenomorph godzilla
2: okay i'd watch that fight i mean japan stands no chance in that match right (laughs) like it's pretty bad for japan every time godzilla shows up anyway but it ain't it ain't gonna be great after that that's for sure no. I'm going to go and... find those on Google or something. Yes. I'm going yeah.
1: Look them up. They they uh-huh. are super cool. I'll I'll text you the picture of it and then you can go look for them.
2: Okay. Fair enough.
1: But oh my gosh, it was so cool. But anyway, uh w- like with this film, th- there's just a lot to enjoy. I think the the third act isn't the greatest. Like how we said like Predator has an amazing third act. This third act, it's fine. I was honestly more invested with their storyline earlier on.
2: Cuz it was new. It was like yeah. a nuance. Yeah, you you kind of enjoyed the mystery a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you also wondered how somebody could live for a while on this planet without being detected. Right. Like that one I kind of have a problem with because I was like, I don't know that they would let that happen. But okay, it's fine. Whatever. You're like,
1: uh, sure. I, I thought the idea of having hunting seasons was very cool. Yeah. That there's just like the next deployment of beings being dropped onto this planet that the predators get to hunt. That is very cool. The way the movie ends with two of them surviving, and then they see all of these uh, parachutes opening up in the sky. And they're like, "All right, I guess here we go again."
2: Here we, yep, game on. Uh, I do. You're right. I like the idea. This is my my brain always kind of takes stuff this way, but I like the idea that like it's like a bachelor party for some of the predators. You know, like I would love to see some of the predators kind of half into it. Right, like, oh no, one got out. I'm sorry, I'm like pretty wasted on Keystone Lights <laughs> or whatever. You know, like right. I would just kinda like to see just like there would be accidents, right? Like one predator accidentally shoots the other one in the leg and they have to explain that. You know, like I don't know. I think there's a lot of room for some pretty good comedy that could come yeah. out of this. And you you wanna
1: you wanna hungover what but with predators.
2: Yes, yeah, the hangover with predators. Like we lost um predator Doug. Right, like they're like, I don't know, I don't know, but like, I guess. Well, if you think about it, like any time a predator doesn't win and like one of the people kills it, like that is a comedy for the predators because like, look at this idiot, he like, (laughs) like he got killed by one of his own. I don't know. know. My sorry. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay.
1: All right. So that that brings us to then uh, the predator.
2: Yes. Yes, and I'm actually so I, I'm just now remembering something about the Predator mm-hmm. um, that Predators did, but we'll talk about it at the end of it because there's no way we don't get to it. But I just right. want to make sure that I connect those two thoughts. So, yeah, mm-hmm. go for it.
1: Yeah, so with
2: the Predator,
1: we see this tactical unit that is on a mission. Our main character is a sniper. They uh, are scoping out the area, and then all of a sudden... People just getting people get lit up. They're lit getting up. destroyed left and right. There's a predator there. And this sniper gets into a battle with the predator and yes. is able to then take its tech and ship it away back to his house with with his estranged wife and child that he never visits. Correct. Uh, yeah, he's not a great dad. Not a, no, he is not a galactic dad. Yes. No, not at all. He is absentee. And and so he sends that stuff off and immediately gets arrested. And the movie progresses with him being basically thrown into this group of other people that are part of group two, uh, group two, that yes. are uh, of this military imprisoned, the thing that they also have like group chat. I don't know what was going on with this thing.
2: Yeah. I like the idea of it. You're like, these are, hardened criminals who are also hardened soldiers who have survived encounters with the predator led by Sterling K. Brown, who is chewing bubble gum. <laughs> it's enjoy. And you're just kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's, yeah let's go. It's, it, it basically turns into like suicide squad. Essentially. That is exactly the feel, like the feel you get from this movie. You're mm-hmm. like, dude, it's suicide squad without all the fun, quirky characters that we love. So anyway, yeah. And then we have
1: uh, Olivia Munn's character, who's a scientist. And the, the worst introduction of a character I've seen in, in any film, like there's, there's no backstory whatsoever. She literally is somewhere with her dog. This dude from the government walks and was like, you need to come with us. We'll take your dog. And then she just goes with them. No word. No, yeah. no conversation. Yep. Nothing. I'm sorry. No dog owner gives their dog to anyone they don't know. That's not a thing.
2: Uh, You know, it really depends on that relationship with the dog. But, no, she would not have. Also, um, this it's kind of interesting because Olivia Munn was kind of vocal about some problems that she had on the set of this movie. Yeah, this movie is problematic. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie that kind of hung this movie up a bit. For good reason. Yes. So, if you... Uh, if you guys are bored, just check out production issues on the Predator. Like, just Google <laughs> that. You'll have fun. It's, yeah, yeah. You'll be you know, like maybe if you're gonna be in the bathroom a while, Google yeah. that because it's a lot of reading.
1: There's, I I was not a fan of one of the characters pretending to have uh, Tourette's because it it wasn't done. I, I don't feel like it was done very lighthearted whatsoever. It was it was like on the spectrum of like, Hey, let's make this funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm not good with that. Like that, that bothered me. And it wasn't, and it also wasn't done like well either. It was just poor.
2: Yeah. It was kind of a caricature of it, but also you, the words you chose, I think is your brain was moving there anyway, but you said on the spectrum and Mm. earlier we were talking about how Topher Grace was a, a type of predator yeah, a new type of predator that, you know, you had to think about and you're like, oh, of course that exists. And then so you're already kind of thinking differently about potential predators in the world of predators, if you're living in this world. And then we were talking about how the goal was to merge predators into the predator. So now this incredible expositional, like prone <laughs> predator creature is now communicating to everybody what it's doing. And uh, the main character, who's the sniper, is a terrible father, turns out his kid is on the spectrum for autism. Yeah. And has a very, like, his mind is, the way it works, becomes attractive to the predator. So much so that, like, we're going to take this kid and we're going to synthesize his DNA into us to make us better. And you're just kind of like, man, that's like, a real dick move like what yeah this all of a sudden the predators become like real kidnappers before you're cool with them like kidnapping grown murdering like military style people right you're like no i'm all right with that Yeah, go ahead and do that but then yeah, this movie they're like i'm gonna take this kid and you're like hold up wait a minute this just crossed the line like i'm now no longer okay with this and they're like and because this child's on the spectrum we really like it And you're like dude that's kind of harsh and kind of out of nowhere. Like, who wrote that? It almost made me... There's this movie in the 90s, I think, called Mercury Rising with Bruce Willis where some kid picks up a phone that rings for whatever reason and the kid's on the spectrum is able to just recall that what he mm. hears incredibly yep. well so it makes him, like, target number one for the CIA or for whatever reason so they have to protect the kid. I was like, I feel like whoever wrote this movie... Saw that and was like let's put that in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I I feel
1: like there there's like a a kind of a good idea like a good intention like because they're trying to say that autism isn't like debilitating it's something that's a progression yeah. and so they're trying to show like this can be a
2: good thing I think it's just done poorly so I agree with you in the fact that I think what they're trying to show you is that maybe. Autism is like the next step in evolution or something like that. And you're like, Oh yeah. yeah, Because now you're looking at this not as a disability, right. but as a differently better abled, which mm-hmm. I like that. Right. Like that's cool. But yeah, the way that they approach it, I just didn't think was great in this movie.
1: No, With not at all.
2: At all. At all. But then, you know, there is that, but there's, there's different ways of looking at what would be attractive to a predator, which I think was cool. But there was something else that this movie did that I was, like, really into. And that was, like, the predator hounds. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. this, obviously, they're going to have, like, bloodhounds. Why 100%. have we yes. not seen them till now?
1: We, we got to see, like, dogs. Like, dog-type aliens in Predators. But these are just straight-up Predator dogs. Yeah,
2: not like these. Like, these, like, you see them, you're like, these are really cool. And yep. then you're like... Ugh. But they even somehow a little bit get wasted. And you're like, there's no way that they should be able to deal with that this well. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, if for the sake of time, and I don't want to beat this dead horse and sound like I hated this movie. Because I actually liked it. Yeah, I did too. There's, I, mean, there's, I, I enjoyed, enjoyed parts it, of it. And I'm pretty sure the guy who wrote it actually was in the first Predator movie. Oh, interesting. Or is he the director? Who is it? There's a connection between the first Predator movie and the Predator. Um, whether it's director or writer, like he's the guy with glasses in the commando troop.
1: Yeah, so, fun tidbit. Yeah, that's cool. That and like even though we're like harping on this movie, there's some really cool kills. Oh, the, the action, yeah. the action is pretty epic. And seeing a super predator go up against a regular predator was absolutely brutal that that
2: fight does not last very long it actually makes you feel bad for a predator like all of a sudden you you sympathize with him
1: oh that poor guy like he was just doing his job he was trying to give humanity that weapon that we see at the very end of the movie but we'll talk to that about that in a second yes but like
2: he was like he he, turns out he's like a human rights predator which is really uh interesting because he's still not the nicest to humans. Like no, in that movie. Not so, not I, at all. I, I feel torn, almost as torn as he was, literally, uh, in that movie. <laughs> You're right. Though, oh my the, gosh. The super predator is absolutely brutal. And they so introduce cool. him in probably the best possible way they can. And it is by absolutely dominating and eviscerating an actual predator. So, if you think a predator is strong this thing really makes a statement as soon as you see it. And you're like, damn, mm-hmm. what are they going to do against this thing? And it turns out they're going to talk to it, but I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's just how it goes. <laughs> they're going to have a conversation. All right. All right. Oh my gosh. But, but you're right though. There is some really cool action in that movie.
1: Yeah. Another thing that's pretty problematic. I felt like was that, Well, one, you get Olivia Munn to take all of her clothes off to go into this room. Like, we didn't need to see that. And then in one scene, like, all these scientists run out of this other room and they're just out of there. But then she has to go back through the other room. And then before she can be decontaminated, she has to take all her
2: clothes off again. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Again, Again, there were problems with this movie. Oh, my gosh. It was so stupid. And it was stuff like that. Like, do we really need to see that? I mean. I'm a red blood male. Okay. Like right. we all, we all know what we like to see and everybody knows that sex sells on TV. But when even you're seeing their questioning, like, why am I seeing this again? Like what? I mean, cool. but Why is this here? And if that triggers you at all, then you know that something's obviously wrong because that takes you right out of the story. You're, yeah. no, you're like, you're like, hold up. There's like something going on in this movie, but why is this here? And then you're like, oh, so they can exploit Olivia Munn's physicality for a minute again. Yeah. And you're saying like, well, all right, it's X-Men Apocalypse again, but that's fine.
1: Right. It's just because it happens like twice within five minutes.
2: Yeah. girl, you need to invest in tearaway pants. Like, if that, like, something would have happened. I don't know. You're right. You're right. It is completely unnecessary. But again it's that kind of movie
1: yeah like it's well much at least more action at, approach at least the first time she does it there's a man next to her that's also having to go through it and isn't that gary Busey's son yes jake
2: jake Busey. yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: so th- there's another there's connection a bit of there a connection, from
2: connection from to too
1: but yeah so aside from that problematic my other issue that i had that also involves olivia munn is the fact that olivia munn is as fast as a predator in this movie she She's running underneath while the Predator's running on top of this building. I'm sorry. There's no way that any human is keeping up pace
2: with a Predator. Except for maybe Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible movie. But that's. Because he never stops that running. That's right. That man. That man's the runner.
1: <laughs> Have you seen the videos of people doing a compilation of Tom Cruise running in every single film? It's yeah. so
2: much running. It is so much running. Actually, um, one of Screen Junkies do like films by the numbers Mm -hmm. and they did all of Tom Cruise's films and break down how long he's actually running in all of his (laughs) movies. It's it's wonderful. If you guys really enjoy that, go check them out on YouTube. It's great. But anyway, yes. Olivia. That is throughout the Predator franchise, though, a problem
0: Mm -hmm. is
2: because the Predators are incredibly physically superior to humans until they're not. Right, like Danny Glover, I think almost just engages in fisticuffs with with a predator at the end of Predator Two, and you're like, hold up, they're like no, no, just no, buddy. Uh, even in Prey, the main character, who is physically probably the weakest in terms of strength, yeah, is able to rip a mandible off of the feral predator and stab him with it, like. You just almost don't think that that would be possible until it is, right? So, like, right. Predators suffer from the fact that they can only be as powerful as they can be until they need to be nerfed for the sake of the script or the scene. That yeah. is, like, an overarching Predator problem. And that's not unique to the Predator franchise. That's, like, every franchise. Yeah. Right. But um except for maybe Superman. Because... <laughs> And, uh, sorry, I'm not going to get into Zack Snyder's Superman, but he is consistently overpowered, but that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Let's, we'll keep it to Predators. And, yeah, Olivia Munn uh, apparently um, more than just casually yogs. Like, she's sprinting and keeping up with this thing. Actually, a little bit ahead of it. So, yeah. I don't think it would nerf itself to let her be faster either. Like, there is a there's a problem with that scene.
1: Yeah, like when the most unbelievable thing about a a movie that has giant <laughs> aliens invading Earth and then trying to hunt the other big predators of that planet, and the running of a human being it's is what, the you're issue. Stuck on? Yeah, that's is a problem.
2: She's running to get back to the next scene where she has to take her clothes. Obviously, that's she's like, I, I gotta make that scene. Oh gosh, that's brutal. But you know what though? That the movie does do. So we are, we're, we're ripping on it pretty hard, but there is cool (laughs) stuff there. Like there is, we knocked on how the main character, I guess he's the main character. He probably is. I don't know. Uh, is a terrible father. They at least Mm -hmm. acknowledge that. And he does have some nice moments with the kid, right? Like there's some, there's some good scenes there. And also the acting is pretty top notch in that movie. I, I would, there's the, some of the, some of the actors,
1: not a fan of their portrayals. But like the main actor, I believed him in every single scene he was there. And then the kid is the same kid from The Room or From Room, right? Is that what it's called? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was her Oscar-winning role, by the way.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that kid, I forget his name. He's also in. He was also in that Seth Rogen movie about like the boy. It's not the boys. It's oh, uh, um, what's it called? Good boys. Good boys. Good boys. Yeah. yeah. He's also in that movie too. Like he's a good actor, and like he did well in this film. Uh, but oh man, and like the but I will say the visuals of this movie very cool.
2: Yeah, this is I think is one of the first movies where the Predators tech is like almost believable when you see it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the yeah. special effects budget was really good at CGI on this one. Yeah, because every time you see the Predators, you're like, no, no, that looks that like that looks really good. In fact, mm-hmm. the trailer for the Predator looks really good. Yeah, and you're like yeah, so you can that movie. Again, we're bashing on it pretty hard, but it's nitpicking because honestly, it's up there on the list of the it overall is. predator movies.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. But they they do this like so we get through the whole film like I, and I honestly I really enjoyed the main two. So we have our deadbeat dad deadbeat and dad. Mm-hmm. and then the other like leader of this group of group two. I forget. I forget the actor's name. That's,
2: that's Sterling K. Brown, right? Send their tune bubblegum.
1: So Sterling K. Brown is the villain. I'm talking about his, like, basically the friend that's always smoking. I think he's about. He plays Mike Tyson in the Hulu gotcha. show that's about to come out. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but that actor, I I really enjoyed their relationship together. I thought they got along well. If it was if they both, yeah, yeah, if they had both survived, I wouldn't have mind a team up movie with them too in another one. I would agree uh but but so we go through this whole film and ho- we already talked about like how horrible the communication device was and the predator kept talking in exposition and he's like i'm gonna give you a head start and he's like uh what 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 do you mean head start just, just for the sport everything of it. predator like,
2: no just like detonate the bomb move on come on
1: yeah doing? yeah so we have final fight team sure whatever it's cool you have that culmination and then they wait till the very end to be like oh this other predator Was trying to give us this gift to protect us against the coming invasion. And this pod opens and this piece of metal comes out and it jumps onto a random scientist. And then it turns into a basically mech predator. Mm -hmm. And the our deadbeat dad says, I that's my suit, or that's my next suit. He basically does the the next time roadie thing for from Iron Man. Absolutely. and oh my gosh! Like, one, why, why? Why does the mech predator also have the dreads?
2: No, exactly. Why? You're like, why? You're like, so are the dreads? Like, does every predator just have those? Because if they do, I guess they would need to protect them. I don't know why. I don't know. Like, are are they like some type of antenna? Are like, are they thermal? Do they pick up thermal signatures? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Like,
1: and and do. Was, like, was that made specifically for humans, or was that made for predators to go on predators, and that's why it has that
2: element on it? You know what that it, you know it made me think? Have you ever watched that show, uh, Gargoyles, the cartoon? Yes. On Disney? Yes. Do you remember uh-huh. when Xanatos made a gargoyle suit? Yes. And the gargoyle suit had metal hair that looked like Goliath, too? There's, right. There's no reason that needs to be there. But no. They were just like, give me robot Goliath. Including the hair. And that's like yeah. the first thing I thought of when I saw the mech predator suit. I was like, yeah, just give it a hair too. I don't know why. It needs to be yeah. there. I don't know why.
1: And and then also, they're just that. So, Deadbeat Dad Man is also just letting his kid work for the government in the basement, like all alone, no supervision whatsoever.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, what? Well, we've established that he is. He's a very absent father, so that's he not going to bother him.
1: He is the Goku of fathers.
2: <laughs> I love this it.
1: so bad. Such I a bad father.
2: We should do another episode where we just, like, in pop culture, we just label, like, the ten worst dads. I, I'm so down for that. <laughs> like, that would Absolutely. be great. We might have to go ahead and get that on the books.
1: Yeah, I'm down for that.
2: That sounds good. All right, so let's, let's wrap the Predator.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Um, entertaining
1: entertaining again
2: yes. we've really been nitpicking it but it really is one of i would say one of the better predator films it, it's actually so, i would say it's middle of the road i say middle yeah. i very it is very middle all right so let's let's do this are okay. you ready do you want to rank them you want to give your yeah, rankings let's, let's let's do a rank okay so before july Actually, it was the very beginning of August. So before August, I would have gone Predator 1, Predators, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: then AVP, Predator 2, and then all the – well, the – I don't know. It's tough. Now I'm like arguing with myself where I would have put it, Mm -hmm. but after August and after I saw Prey – it's weird because Prey, I think, takes this, the top slot.
1: A hundred percent, the and Prey
2: it, is. It's not it, like I've even like rewatched it, and it's not because. And by the way, it gets better the more you watch it. Like the rewatchability on it is incredible. But it wasn't because I was still in like that like afterglow, that honeymoon mm-hmm. of having seen this new Predator content. Yeah, it was because it was just like so bare bones and back to basics on what made Predator a good concept and then delivered everything way better than you probably even expected. Yes. And then made you really, really, really care about the characters. I was like, yeah, this movie definitely top slot. It's top slot.
1: Yeah. I, I watched, all of the predator films later in life. These were not something that were like a part of my childhood. Like my family didn't do radar movies growing up. And so I did not get to see this until I was probably like 17, 18, oh. like all of the films. So I don't have that. Like, nost- like I, I enjoy the predator films, but I don't have like the nostalgia that a lot of people have for it.
2: I definitely do. I grew up so, watching them.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so like rewatching watching So I watched prey and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is easily my favorite predator film. And I was like, but in order to for sure know that I need to rewatch. So I watched every single other film aside from AVP and Requiem, because I, I've already said why enough. Yes. Yeah. And it it is still so much like head and shoulders above the rest. And then we're talking cinematography, writing, like plot character development, portrayal, action, choreography, use of weapon. Like everything is done so well. Don't forget the sound. sound oh my gosh the soundtrack and like it's just so well done it doesn't talk down to the audience and everything's so clear so for me easily number one then i'm going predator The the original the original yes and then i'm going predators okay then i go uh avp the predator predator two and then avp requiem that abomination is so far below the list you almost don't want to include it i don't i really don't it's it is it is oh well like a bad taste in my mouth every time
2: yeah Yeah. it's it's that bad again it's the only time you root for the town to burn uh
1: i i like i thought because there's been times where i've seen a movie and i'm like i really did not enjoy that the first time. And years later, I'll go back and I'll watch it and I'll be like, oh, this wasn't nearly as bad as it was th- like the first time. Right. I did that a couple of years ago with Requiem and I hated myself afterwards for it. <laughs> how dare, I, how dare I, I do this to myself. I should have listened to my first impression of this movie because. I don't even think I finished it the second time through because I started remembering how bad it was and I just needed to not do that to myself. So I think I stopped it. If I didn't, I apologize to my past self for making me watch it all over again. Cause ugh.
2: I am so disappointed in this. Uh, actually, Ooh, there's only been one movie that I stopped like halfway through it. I was like, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and it was the, the latest matrix movie.
1: Oh yeah. I, I was, was rough.
2: Like, I was like, this is, Okay, we're we're good, we're done. Um, no, I think we agree. So I think our list almost matches exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty solid. Yeah, See, and
0: that's and
1: why it's, it's good. Yeah, and and I'll I'll throw this out there because people listening they're like, but you can't beat the original. Like that's cool. That's why film is subjective. You have your list. We have our list. We enjoy the films that we enjoy. You enjoy the films you enjoy. That's why movies are awesome because you can enjoy. So much different content, and everyone doesn't have to agree. That's true.
2: You can wholly disagree with us. And if you'd like, go ahead and leave your list. Let us know how you rank them. But I'm going to be honest with you. It is rare that you see a, a prequel, for sure, come along and do everything better. But this one does I'm telling you, it does. It yep. does but be, It's also because it's washed free of like the over-the-top 80s Schwarzenegger. Right. Everything that made the 80s, 80s is completely stripped away from this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think people who are more interested in like really, really good storytelling Mm -hmm. will really appreciate Prey.
1: I think Predator has the issue of being, you watch it and it puts it in a period of release. Like you know, it's an 80s film. Yeah. You 100% know it. I'm going to say that in 10, 15, 20 years when people rewatch prey, they won't be able to tell you exactly what time frame it came out in.
2: Right. In fact, I agree with you. The only people who might would be really, really hardcore cinephiles. Yes. Who would be like, it was so typical of them to use these wide panning shots in like the early 2020s. And you're like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. But everybody else, like there aren't things that you just uniquely pick up on. Like, Stuff that should be radar was made PG-13. Oh, yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to do that with prey.
1: No, because yeah, it's amazing.
2: It's that good? It's that good? Again, I mean, we talked about it briefly, but they even made, like, a cool dog character. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great.
1: He's great. And they, a- and they even, like, apparently that was even the breed that, that that certain tribe would have used. Yes. Like, they were that close to the detail with everything and and just even throwing this out there like prey is not only my favorite predator film now prey is in my top three films of the year
2: oh easily it is is, i want to
1: rewatch that movie again right now just from having talked about it
2: it is probably i'm trying to think of movies that are like hulu like originals i don't know i guess it is a hulu original um, but yeah, it really one hundred percent is easily one of the top movies of the year. It really is. Because again, this we've been fortunate this year in coming out with um like Top Gun Maverick. I know we mentioned yep. Tom Cruise earlier. Brilliant. But it's a phenomenal film. It really the was
1: Bullet Train. Yes. Everything everywhere
2: all at once. I actually haven't watched that one yet, so don't spoil it. You
1: should watch it is trippy. It's so trippy. In a good way, though, right? A good so it's it's a, it's like multiverse. G, G, yes, okay, that's what I was gonna say. If if you knew the premise, so yeah, it is a better multiverse movie, far superior than Multiverse of Madness. It does the multiverse so much better.
2: I'm down for it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. I won't watch it. I'm, you're gonna.
1: It's so weird. You're gonna love it.
2: Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, praise up there. It's just a good movie, which is cool. And for it to be an even better predator film, like who knew? Right, knew? and seeing her smear the predator blood across her face, like there's just something oh. so iconic about that. That you're like, did they do this I, so well? Did you get Ultimate Warrior vibes from that? I did I? If somebody like, all right, look, I'm gonna be real with you. Now I'm gonna make some other reference that nobody's gonna get. But I, like, I wanted somebody to be like Macho Man Randy Savage, something, <laughs> somewhere. And I guess Predator snapping bones probably does it cuz he's like snap into a slim jim whatever but you're right like that i really 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 liked um it's on the poster so this isn't spoiling anything which we've done horrendously already but having the laser kind of like you know marker yeah in her eye like you know she's looking at this thing like it it's it just takes the concept of her being the prey Real, like it really puts it in your face and then watching her change to being like the most dangerous thing out there because everybody considers her to be prey. Like that's the best part. I mean, and then of course she's a human being, she's nuanced, she's everything that you want in a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just her, like it's this girl that you can relate to, which is a really cool part. It's not some roided out like, it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. It's not mm-hmm. some military commando sniper dude. Like, she's not some badass. She's just like an everyday Comanche woman. Like, she's just, and mm-hmm. she has wants and stuff that you can believe and relate to. So yeah. somehow it took taking us back 300 years <laughs> to give us a relatable character. I don't know how That's that was wild. necessary, but it's true. And you're just like, it's great. And she never checks her phone once, which is refreshing because they always do that <laughs> in movies. No, it's great. It was a good movie. Uh, almost, great. It was almost as enjoyable as this conversation about it was. So I really want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. And, uh, you know, if, if you have a slot in your schedule and you go, we need somebody to just come on here and ramble with us. I would love to do that on comic book keepers. You guys are great.
1: Oh, you're definitely coming on. We're going to, we'll, we'll figure out which character you want to cover.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And before I let you go, I do have to say a big thank you. You sent this incredibly awesome, like care package of all these inc- just really cool comics because you mm-hmm. guys had the giveaway to celebrate yeah. your 15,000 downloads, right? Mm-hmm. So one, that's huge. That's a great accomplishment. So congratulations. Feel free to talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah. So uh, we we started out, we were a pandemic podcast and we did it. We, we didn't think it was going to last outside of when we went back to work, but luckily we are able to continue doing it. We like, so combo keepers, we like to break down one combo character team or series at a time and we recently hit that 15,000 mark so we wanted to give back to all of our listeners so uh anyone that left us a new review on Apple Podcasts got entered for the giveaway and Brandon won the giveaway and it was me I, I won I, I
2: loaded up that box okay so the the box came with a thank you card which is really mm-hmm. awesome which is really nice like i'm like taking notes over here uh, <laughs> with like an actual personalized message which was really cool mm-hmm. and then like the stack of comics is just absolutely insane like since everybody watching this can see like look at that
1: yeah feel free to post a picture of that i i I sent quite a bit i loaded up that box
2: and like there's some really good stuff in here like here we go i got signed books i got like three signed books Mm -hmm. right so is this the
1: that's marat michaels there we go Murat mm-hmm. So it's a it's a TMNT book signed by uh Marat Michaels. He did the variants Raphael on the cover. I got that at Phoenix Fan Fusion. Which is
2: awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh check this out. We got Silk Number Two with I Can I Can Tell Todd Nock art a mile away because it's so Todd, unique and I love it.
1: I love Todd Nock. He's so nice. He's I cool I interviewed dude. him. He's really cool.
2: He's a really cool dude. And then we got uh the sketch cover variant for Bloodshot Reborn number one with
1: yeah. a nice uh, sketch David- on there. Yeah, so David Baron, he was, uh, he was for if you don't know, he was the colorist on like Batman Who Laughs, and I met him at a convention and found out that he grew up in Helix, which is, or Mount Helix, which is super close to where I'm from, and so he did that sketch on on that Bloodshot variant for me, and I, I thought it was really cool, so I wanted the giveaway to have something like extra special, so that's why I included it in there, and which is very cool, very very. cool. Mm-hmm.
2: But the 90s kid in me. Oh, yeah. Sees this really awesome Marvel versus DC number two that I love. This is one of my favorite issues in that series because I love the artist on it. Um, I think it's Casolini, but he's like, I just love it. So much awesome stuff in this this
1: that, that was one of the first probably like 20 books I had in my collection when I started like collecting hardcore
2: again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. well, anyway, all right. So we've got less than a minute left. So I want to say thank you very much. Of course. And I look forward to being on the show and I hope everybody enjoys listening.
1: Of course. I'm super excited to have you on.
2: i look forward to it. Right, bye take care. All right. Later.